For the love, there is nothing worse than shaving your legs. A total game changer to my beauty routine is Nair. That is right, the OG hair removal. Nair saves me so much time, and the best part is no nicks, no cuts, and you will have smooth skin for days. You have to make sure to check out Nair's new sensational shower creams and body creams. My favorite shower cream is the Moroccan Argan Oil and Orange Blossom. The scent creates the ultimate pampering experience. Smell for yourself. Try the reformulated Nair body and shower creams available at retailers nationwide and online. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring, well, The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. What's up? This your boy Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Two teas in a pod with Teddy Mellencamp and Tamara Judge. Hi, guys. Welcome to another episode of Two Teas in a Pod with myself and I guess myself. I am the only host today, but I have a very special guest, Sonia Richards-Ross. Sonia Richards-Ross is a retired Jamaican-American track and field athlete who competed internationally for the United States in the 400-meter sprint. Her notable accolades in this event include being the 2012 Olympic champion, 2009 world champion, 2008 Olympic bronze medalist, and 2005 world silver medalist Woo! with her victory in 2012 she became the second american women woman to win the 400 meters at the olympic games i mean pretty much this girl can do a lot of things and most importantly she can forgive me for some of the shitty things i've said about her on this pod because all in all she is an incredible woman and brings so much to the table and she's opening up to us on two teas in a pod so i am happy to have her as my guest today to talk about all the things okay sonia thank you so much for joining us and i have to start with my first question being a personal related question in regards to my daughter so i was just reading your bio and obviously i mean your olympic story is just so mind-blowing to me my daughter is 10 years old and she is so into equestrian she practices she you know we compete we're going to nationals next week it's everything to her at what age did you start your olympic dreams and what would you say was like the the point where you knew it was actual possibility yeah well first of all teddy thanks for having me i'm super excited to be on um i love your podcast I <laughs> so thanks for inviting me um and um that's a really good question so i started actually competing in track and field when i was seven 
Um, I'm from Kingston, Jamaica, and track and field is like the most popular sport there. So I always knew I wanted to be an Olympian. At age nine, I wrote as my class assignment that I was going to be an Olympic champion. So I always had this big dream. But I would say the time in my life where I realized it was really possible was when I turned 16. And my dad really challenged me to be great. And I started doing a thousand sit-ups every day, watching film, resting, doing all the things. And I and I had a phenomenal senior year. And I was like, okay, I could definitely be an Olympic champion one day. So, you know, I would say somewhere between that range of like nine and 16, I got into that, you know, full um, vision that it could be possible. And I just chased it with every fiber of my being. <laughs> and how were your parents? Because I find myself because I rode all growing up and I ride still. Yeah. How were your parents as like the best supporters for you? Because yes. I see myself doing both things. Like I will be either like try to take a step back and let her just live her dream but then sometimes she asks me questions and then I feel like maybe I get too intense and I'm like how do I support her yep. but also not push her away yeah. it's a really good question and I think that my parents did an excellent job in finding that balance um, my dad was really the one who was always very knowledgeable and kind of would was meeting me where I was at. And my mom was always my soft place to land. She was always reminding me that it was just a sport and I didn't have to find my identity in it. And she gave me a lot of like, you know, reprieve from the pressure of sports. But I would say the best parenting I would advice I could give a parent who has a child who looks like they have big dreams or potential is to follow their lead. So I think that if you are in front of them, pulling them towards greatness, it's rarely going to happen. But if you can inspire them and then they get this fire burning in them and they want to be great and then you meet them with the knowledge, with the resources, all of those things, I think that's a match made in heaven. But it can be hard because sometimes you got to let them find it for themselves. Like you can't you can't want it more than they want it. And so sometimes you got to, you know, outsmart them and find ways to get them inspired and find ways for them to see that this is a great you know path for them. And then you uh, you go full force with them, you know, but it has to be them leading the way. And was there ever a point you thought, I can't do this anymore, I need to quit, like, or I, this is too hard, or I'm missing out? Like, you find that age, like, around 15, 16, where, like, kids all of a sudden want to start partying or want to start right. doing this. Like, how did you just stay on the course, or did you ever have that moment where you're like, okay? Yeah. No, I'm, you know, I, to be honest, at 16, I that's the only thing I wanted. Like I was such, I was, I didn't even care about boys and none of that stuff. Like it was all track and field for me. I missed prom. I went to my, uh, my state championship was the day of my prom. I went to my prom the last 30 minutes, um, <laughs> you know, and I didn't care. Like it was like, it was more important to me to win state. So I didn't have that experience personally later in my career, when I started suffering with injuries and all that kind of stuff, I had moments where I was like, okay, I, I may need to give it up. But not when I was young, it was like, all I could think about. <laughs> yeah, it was the fire. And how did you meet Ross? So I met my honey in college. So you I went to UT, right? Yeah, we both went to the University of Texas. Okay. And I was in like, you know, we have like our, our, our athlete cafeteria, which is like just for the athletes. And I'm in there and I'm eating and he walks in. And I'm like, dude, he <laughs> is boy. So I call him over. And Teddy, the funny story is when he comes over and introduces himself and he tells me his name, I'm like, oh, my, literally the guy I had just broken up with was also Aaron. So when he told uh, me his name, I was like, uh, -uh I don't need no more Aaron's in my life. Bye bye. <laughs> and I, I dismissed him. I was like, mm -mm. 
And then uh, about a week later, he reached back out to me and we started dating. And I was like, oh, this is my good Aaron. This is the one. <laughs> this is the one. And is there any like what has been the biggest challenge in your marriage to date? Like, was it when you yes. were competing or is it being no. a mother or yes. is it Atlanta? <laughs> <laughs> good those are three good moments um for like when we were competing I mean our relationship was just perfect I think because you know we got used to this rhythm of like not being together and then we're so happy when we're together so that was a really good time in our marriage I would say the hardest time in our marriage is when we became parents um and I think it's because 14 years of just the two of us being together and like figuring it out and then boom like this tornado of a kid comes into our lives and you know, I think we both had different expectations of how we would parent, of how we would support each other. And I didn't think we was going to make it for a little bit. <laughs> like, yeah. we make it. <laughs> Those first, like, you know, year after having your first child, you're like, shit. shit. Like, what did I do? <laughs> like, I know for myself, like, I had really, like, you know, I had moments where I felt completely selfless and I was doing everything for my family. And then yeah. I had moments like my entire identity has just been taken away Yes. And I don't know who the hell I am anymore. And I feel lost and alone. And the fact yes. that my partner can't step in and fix these holes for me would yes. piss me off. I I feel you. I feel you. It's it's like one of those things that nobody really talks about, right? It's like, um, get married, they say, have kids, they say, but no one prepares you for how how much it can interrupt your marriage. And so, yeah, Ross and I went through a really challenging time of figuring out like how to communicate and how to be there for each other and all the things. And that's why it took me so long to have another one. Like people were like, oh, I'm like, uh-uh, we just barely figured out how we working with this first one. Yeah. <laughs> want to put us back in that situation when it was still really fragile, you know? So that was a big part of, of why it took me six years to get pregnant again. And I have no shame in it. I wanted to make sure my marriage was healthy and strong again. And we had everything figured out before we brought another very important person into our into our lives. No, that makes a lot of sense. Um, before we get into the other items, do you watch Real Housewives of Orange County at all? I used to watch it more than I watch it now. So please forgive me. I love y'all. I just, you know, I'll be busy, but I'm gonna get caught up. <laughs> How did we do? Did we pass or fail y'all's test? How did we do? Did you you dissected the blue, the, the most recent reunion? You know, I gotta say, you looked incredible thank you I, I kept it simple and elegant i said i ain't gonna do too much i don't want to look like i'm supposed to be like on a field you know like leading a band so kept it simple elegant there was a lot of feathers for me which like <laughs> i'm not a feathers gal yes and There's i a lot also of feathers a lot of feathers on your personal reunion who do you think was best dressed um, outside of me, you know who I really liked? I, I liked Candy's outfit. I don't know. I don't know how much. It oh, I loved it too. But I love that. She just did that simple blue in the middle and it was kind of like this diamond effect. So I think I loved her look probably, you know, it looked, looked good. All um, right. So we're, here's Orange County looks. This is my girl, Tam. What are your thoughts? Questions? I like concerns? It. I like it. What was the theme? Like, is it like is, you guys feel a little bit more cash than we were? I think we felt like we were more dressed up than this. But yeah, I this it. I think is summer soiree. Was okay, the... yeah, it's it's giving, it's giving. Uh, Sam okay, Rush, so it's giving. I agree. Heather, um, I feel like is always like in standard. She's playing it safe. She's playing it safe. And if we're gonna be in a summer soiree, baby, why are we in black? <laughs> You can pick any color and you pick black. 
Yeah, I did. I just, I definitely feel like she played it safe, and it's just like a, you know, it's given like a C. Yeah, it's like I'd wear it to like a gala at school. <laughs> um, this is okay. Shannon. Now this is Shannon. I feel like every housewife at this point has worn this dress in some capacity, including ex housewives like myself. Like I wore it, but like with the little bra and the undies underneath. But I'm like, right, the sheer look. I see what you're saying. Yeah, she has a little bit more underneath it. But this is what I'll say. I like the color. I like the hair. I feel like she. It's a look. But yeah, it's not. It's not unique. It's not fresh. It's giving Erica Jane hair to me. Like it looks yeah. like yes, somebody yes, was yes. like, I want to recreate Erica Jane's hair, and this is it. <laughs> um, so it's hard for me to like wrap my head around that. Okay, Emily. I think it's just okay. It's just okay. It's it's to me that's also a dress that I would just wear in like everyday life. It doesn't feel like it's a reunion dress, right? I yeah, like, I think she looks like beautiful, but it's not anything over the top. Like, I think her body looks beautiful. Her face looks beautiful. She looks she looks put together, but there's nothing over the top. Over the top, yeah. Nothing I agree. Out, yeah. All right. Ooh. <laughs> well, then give it to us. <laughs> I think right. the expression on top of it is really... <laughs> Yeah, well, Gina came not. She didn't come to play, honey. This is giving sexy summer vibes. I think she pulls this off. I'm I'm here for it. I'm here for it, too. I like this one. The yeah. expression looks pissed, but I like it. <laughs> okay, this is the newbie, Jen. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. No, I know. It's a miss. <laughs> it's a miss. What are we doing with these wings? What is with the cape? Like, here's the thing. Like, she has such a, like, stunning physique and she works out all the time. I can't really see, can't see her it. silhouette at all. Yeah. And then I think with the hair down, I wish the hair was up, maybe. Yeah, the hair should have been up or back. Like, it's, it's also causing a distraction. Yeah, like, this look didn't come together. Sorry. No, no, not my favorite. <laughs> Okay. I think the dress is awesome. I just don't know that I would have matched the shoes. The sh and the makeup looks so oh. harsh. Like the eyes are so, I actually saw this one on social and I was like, Ooh, the makeup should have been softer. Yeah. Right? Why is the makeup the same colors as the dress and the shoes? It's too much matchy matchy for me. Too matchy matchy. Yeah. This isn't like you said, I don't mind the, the dress in isolation, but a simple shoe and just softer makeup, maybe different hair. I don't know. It's just it didn't it didn't all come together. I agree. So who's your favorite? You're going to have to pick one. Um, So I would say my favorite was probably one of the first ones. Um, but I can't so remember. We got Tamra, Shannon and. It definitely wasn't Heather because she was in oh. the all black. No, not Heather. Who was the first one we saw? Tamra. It might have been Tamara. I'd have to go back and look, but I think Tamara was probably my favorite. I think. I can't remember. Well, guys, you can't even say I'm biased at this point because she said it, not me. But I think I think she crushed it. Did you it. agree to? Yeah. Yeah. I think I think it might have been Tamara. Um, the other girls, good, but nothing great. I also like to think about comfort because we sit there for 852 hours. hours. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but speaking of reunions, 
How do you feel after your reunion? Do you think you said everything you wanted to say? Because at some points I was like, I, I need, I want to hear more from you. And I don't know yeah. if you said more in the moment and it just yeah. wasn't there. Yeah. But what do you think? I, so here's how I felt about it. I did say more. Um, obviously, every, every everybody said more. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we should have had a three-party reunion because I, and I was shocked it was only two because a lot happened on that reunion stage. Um, but this is what I'll say. I felt like the women who I came in with issues with, I said my piece to them. And I felt I was very clear, right? Like obviously with the whole candy situation, our, our big issue was kind of off camera with, she left me off her list. I left off, off my list, but there's that on purpose. Yeah. So she, she left me off her list. I don't know. I mean, it wasn't off that was, she did that. Right. Like, and, and so to me, it's like, why, if I'm not in your fave five and I feel like me and Candy were really good friends, then why would you be in mine? I think that there has to be accountability for what we say. And so I left her off mine on purpose. Yeah. Like how, that hurt my feelings when I heard that she made a list without me. Like I'm currently on the show. And the thing that I think Candy sometimes forgets is that her words carry a lot of weight. She has a huge audience. And so when you say something, whether there's, you know, mumblings in on social media and you double down, it's not a good look. So yeah, I left her off on purpose. And so I explained to her, I was like, you, you don't, and, I, and we talked more about it. And I feel like the difference between me, Teddy and a lot of the girls is that I don't come in trying to have a big old fight, right? Like if you're going to fight with me, I'm ready for it, but I'm not necessarily coming in trying to make it a moment. I'm trying to really tell you how I feel. Um, and so I think we had those moments, her and I, and Kenya and I, where I told Kenya how I felt about her not reaching out to me about the baby situation. So yeah, you know, it, it is what it is. Like I'm different. <laughs> yeah. You know? And I think that a lot of people want me to be like, they want us to be monolithic and they want me to have all these reads and scream and shout and stuff. And that's just not who I am. I've never been like that. And um, I, I want Unless it's with your family. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> then you get it. <laughs> you know, so it is what it is. But I thought it was a really good reunion and I was happy. I left feeling like I said what I needed to say. And, you know, it was, it was good. Escape to summer with Victoria's Secret. Pack your bags with just-arrived swim cover-ups, corset tops, and other sexy silhouettes. When the sun goes down, opt for bold and blingy styles like the made-to-be-seen Very Sexy Push-Up Bra from the Very Sexy Collection in on-trend hues like Black Shine, Green, and Citron. For a glam statement, pair them with your favorite jeans and bring the heat. Because life is better in a bikini, rewind to the future with the VS Archives swim collection inspired by Victoria's Secret's classic looks from the 90s and early 2000s. For endless out-of-office options, mix and match with Victoria's Secret's wide range of bikini tops and bottoms that offer you every type of coverage from full to cheeky to minimal, now in this season's must-have shades and patterns. Add the finishing touch with the limited edition Bombshell Escape fragrance, a free-spirited take on the iconic Victoria's Secret scent. Dive into a vibrant blend of juicy guava, lush palms, and summer glow peony. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriassecret.com. Hey, it's Danielle, Will, and Ryder from Pod Meets World. Thanks to our friends at Hyundai, we were able to record a very special episode for you guys at the one and only, wait for it, Boy Meets, Meets World House. House. Take a listen. We are lucky to be sitting with Alan and Amy Matthews in the flesh, William, Rusty Russ, and Betsy Randall. Yay! 
Thank you. Thank you. When yes. those, those legends get here, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> you're here. You're here already. No. Uh, we didn't either when we were watching yeah, this. That's day. The that's we didn't the problem. realize it until we uh, oh. started getting into seasons three and four, and now we're like, oh my God. We were both so good on the show, and we missed it because we were we young. We were kids and, and so self-involved. Egomaniacs yeah. and didn't realize <laughs> well, no, how great you were. We've talked about it. I think you just assumed everybody was as good as them. And, right. and then right. you get into, right. as you grow up and you work with other actors, you realize how oh. lucky we were yeah. to have you guys. This has been brought to you by the fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5. New episode out now. You can listen wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, everyone. This is Rachel Zoe with the Climbing in Heels podcast. We recently sat down with a few recipients of the Botox Cosmetic Onobotulinum Toxin A and iFund Women Grants at South by Southwest. Thanks to Botox Cosmetic. Take a listen to our conversation. It's so good. What advice would you give to upcoming like female entrepreneurs or just already sort of established trying to survive still? I literally joke with my staff and and we always are saying, oh, you want to be an entrepreneur? You want to be broke all the time and working 24-7? Ooh. Yeah, but look at you. Yeah, right? But I'm here. So the advice that I give is and I coined this, and I believe I said it on my TED Talk, that your passion follows you. You cannot follow your passion. So my advice is to let your passion follow you, get out of your own way, and never stop and never settle. This episode was brought to you by Botox Cosmetic. Learn more at BotoxCosmetic.com and talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, call 877 877- Three five one zero three zero zero, and follow the Climbing in Heels podcast on iHeartRadio, or subscribe where you listen to your podcast. Well, but speaking of mumblings on social media, you made a statement on your Instagram um, after the reboot rumor started. Yeah, what are your thoughts today? Because they were like imply, like I saw two different you know, posts where they said this person's coming back, this person isn't, blah, blah, blah. Like, what are your thoughts today? Well, I, I mean, I meant what I said, right? Like nothing has been decided yet. You know, none how many us- weeks post reunion are we since y'all filmed? That's a good question, girl. I don't remember what I did last week, much less how long that's been. But um, what month are we in now? September. So I feel like we filmed that in August. So we're like a month post reunion. Have you had your pre-filming meeting yet? No, nobody has. Okay. That's because that's, I mean, not that that means anything. I had mine and then I still got the boot. So like, (laughs) no, I just think, I think the show is in a weird spot. That's there's no denying that. Right. Like I think that the network isn't sure where where they want to go, but what, and and the only thing that I asked was, are we going to know before the public knows? Because it was news to me when I read it. So I I felt like, you know, so, and they said, no, we will know first. So the reason I made that post was like, stop everybody putting stuff out there when it's not factual. Like none of us know what's going to happen with the show yet. So, and that's still the case now. Like, I don't know what's going to happen. You know, I think they're going to put us on a little pause while they figure out the best uh, uh, ensemble for the show. But at the end of the day, like it's, it ha- no one knows yet. Why do you think the fans had so much criticism yeah. like that it was lacking? And what do you have to say to this? Like to me, yeah. it it honestly felt, and and I've said this, I, I feel like sometimes it feels like a show to me more so than some of the other casts because 
It's like someone comes in, they deliver what they want to fight about, but I want to see more fun. Yeah. I want to see less reads. Like I want to see you guys actually liking one another. So then the fights feel more authentic to me, not just like Marlo digging up shit from years ago that didn't really upset her. Right. But now upset her. So it's like. Yeah, I mean, I I certainly understand that. And I think this is what I think is the tricky part about the show, if I can be 100 percent authentic and clear, is that once upon a time, there were women who were all friends who were in this Atlanta circle who were on the show. And then that dynamic changed, right? And obviously they started casting, bringing women in to be a part of the show. And so I think what happens is that as we are trying to build these authentic friendships, like which is what was my goal coming on the show, really wanting to meet people, figure out where I I fit in, the fans don't really want to give us time to do that. They want to feel like y'all been, we've been friends for 20 years, pick a side immediately and all of those things when it's just not the reality of the show anymore. The show no longer has six women who are from Atlanta, who grew up together, who ran in the same circles. It's just, it's not that. So unless you give us time to build those kinds of friendships, unless I I feel the same way the fans feel, I don't want to come on here and make up a fight. I want it to, I want it to be real. And so I think that sometimes it just, that's just going to take time. And so the network has a tough decision. Are they going to reboot the show and find six women who are great friends in this community? Or are they going to continue to give us time to develop those friendships? Because I personally now, Teddy, feel like I know the women a lot better and I can speak my piece in a way that feels authentic and not like you're not just making up shit. No, that makes sense. Exactly. You, Sheree and Marlo got into it on the after show about Martel not paying for Sheree's birthday dinner. Yes. A lot of fans wished you were more vocal like that on the show. Yes. What made you more vocal after the fact? Because we're friends now. Like I feel like, so Sheree, Marlo and I have developed a really good friendship. So I feel like I can speak my piece in a way that feels authentic and not like I'm trying to get this point across. And so that was a real moment. And those moments will happen more and more if given the opportunity to be around these women longer. So the reality is that wasn't filmed on the show, right? We Sheree invited us as real, like as her friends to come to dinner. This thing happens and I'm like, girl, like, you know, <laughs> if this were one of us, you would feel the same way. So I felt comfortable sharing my truth in that moment. And so, you know, I think it's just more of what people will see if I'm given more time to develop friendships. And it was just a real authentic moment. And do you think the producers play favorites? And I saw that like the executive producer, Eric Fuller, uh, with Marlo and Sheree, and they used proof that he had favorites. And then he posted fans, you know, doing death threats. Did the cast get together before this and talk about anything? Or was this all just like, Yeah, no, this was all, this all was a surprise to us. And I think for everyone watching who, you know, I think, I think unfortunately Eric got a really bad rap because Eric is our producer that films with us, but he doesn't do post-production. So he's not responsible for what makes the show. So he's in the moment. He is the one. So for those of you guys listening, there are producers that are field producers in the field with you, helping you navigate what's going on in front of you. Right. But there's also the people behind the the scenes you never see. Exactly. He's he's our lead producer in the field. So he's the one who is with us the whole entire series, 
filming with us. And then he hands off the footage to our post-producers who they then edit the show. So Eric is not responsible for what goes into the show ultimately. Like he's more responsible about getting the content. As far as playing favorites, I don't think so. Um, I, I felt like a lot of times they try to make the stories as balanced as possible by showing people's perspectives. But I guess it just all depends on what side you're on and if you wanted more information from that person. But there certainly is no conversations happening around, you know, behind the scenes or anything. Like we're just as surprised as the finish of the pr finished product as the fans are. We see it the Thursday before it airs. No one has yeah. <laughs> no one has. But then what about Kenya getting all upset that her hair salon wasn't shown? Yeah, listen, I had a whole project that wasn't shown either. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, so it just, I, I, I don't feel like I, I can't, I, like people have their own experiences, but it is what it is. I'm not going to come and say she's lying. I don't know. But all I can tell you is, is that the producers choose the storylines that they think the audience wants to, to, well, well yeah. Did I drama hit the fan at all at that event? At uh, Kenya's event? Yeah. No, there was no drama. So that's why. I mean, that. It was like, a wonderful event. Like it, it was beautiful. She did a wonderful job decorating. We all, majority of us were there. I think only Drew and Marlo were missing. So it was the majority of the cast there, but there wasn't like a moment that I was Why like, were Drew and Marlo missing? Well, she didn't invite Marlo. <laughs> <laughs> That's for sure. And I think, you know, this season, Drew had a lot of moments where she was, you know, like just unavailable, like her and Candy. Candy was working a lot, but Drew was going through a lot. So I don't remember. I don't, I feel like she was invited because her and Kenya were in a good spot, but for some reason she wasn't there. Um, oh, oh, what she was filming Candy's show, I think. And so she got off later something. I think she was filming the show. How filming would you TV. feel about fake having sex with somebody in one of your cast members bed? Yeah, I, I told Ross, I was like, this is super, super cringy. Like, I'm like, like, can't, I can't imagine walking into my room and being like, damn, Drew was in here. Like, <laughs> but more or less cringy than the serenade at the reunion. It's <laughs> a good question. Oh, man, that was that was horrific. Like, that was I think they're on the same level. Oh, gosh. Did you watch the movie The Past? I haven't watched it yet, but I I, plan oh, to. <laughs> I really do plan to. I, I really want to. Me and Ross keeps we're going to watch it. Teddy, like, you, do you have time to watch TV? Like, I have all of these things I need to catch up on and watch. But I feel like between my commitments for work, my family, trying to do all the things, I'd be like, where is my TV? Yeah, I know. I The fact that I have to watch every Housewife, or I, I get to watch every Housewife franchise for work is, you know, it is what it is. Um. <laughs> My next question, I'm sorry, she drove, I know that I had times this year where you may have not topped my favorite. Okay. But wait, we, we came around. I'll forgive you. <laughs> you'll forgive me and listen, like I always say, you're only as good as last week's episode, but right. somebody that topped you on driving me nuts is Courtney. Oh. What? Please explain. Is she better in person? Like, is it somebody that once I meet her, I'm going to be like, oh, I see her yeah. redeeming qualities. Yeah. You know, I hate. <sighs> so I actually really like Courtney. Like when I first met her, she was super sweet. I know she was super sweet. She still is. She checks on me all the time. She has, a, you know, this drive. Does it feel authentic or does it feel like she uh, checks on you because she wants to be on the show again? 
no, no, no. 100% authentic. Like, I feel like, I think, I think the hard part about the show, Teddy, and I know you can, um, you know, relate to this and understand is it's like, it's like, you can't win for losing. No matter if you come in strong or you come in a little bit softer, people still have other expectations of you. And so when she came in, she had a gripe with candy. Now, I mean, would I have handled it that way? Obviously not. <laughs> you guys yeah. know my personality. It wouldn't have happened that way. But do I see her perspective and respect her strength for stepping up and saying how she felt? I do. You know what I mean? And um, and I feel like she just was always willing to share her, her, her POV. She wasn't willing to be pushed around, even by the OGs on the show. And it comes across as though she's trying super hard. But to be honest, I don't feel like she really cares that much. She's just like speaking her piece. She's almost in like fight or flight. Exactly. Um. But what gave me the ick, like I was still like I was giving her the the benefit of the doubt. But the relationship that was shown in that dressing room between Ralph and Courtney. I don't know if I saw that shit going down with yeah. my husband and right. another woman on my show, regardless if they are cousins. Right, right, right. Or not. It felt yeah. intimate in a different way. Yeah, I didn't love it either. When I watched it, I was like, ooh, that hug felt a little bit. Mm. And then and then obviously, the, you know, the whole, I think where Courtney has gone wrong, and I can say that I probably, I, I, I've done this in off camera on other friendships. I think she has inserted herself too much in this relationship. No. I think she doesn't know enough. She's new to their to their family. And I think that she has just jumped on Ralph's side with very little information and it, it, it it's hurt her. You know what I yeah. mean? Like I think she should have gotten to know them, both of them and kind of stayed out of it. Cause we know how marriage stuff is like, you know what I mean? Like you don't want to be two sides. Yeah, there's two sides and the person's most of the time going to always side with their partner. So it's like, just stay out of it. So I think that's probably where for most people, she really messed up was like getting too involved in a marriage when that's, it's, you know, it's, that's we shouldn't do that. Escape to summer with Victoria's Secret. Pack your bags with just-arrived swim cover-ups, corset tops, and other sexy silhouettes. When the sun goes down, opt for bold and blingy styles like the made-to-be-seen Very Sexy Push-Up Bra from the Very Sexy Collection in on-trend hues like Black Shine, Green, and Citron. For a glam statement, pair them with your favorite jeans and bring the heat. Because life is better in a bikini, rewind to the future with the VS Archives swim collection inspired by Victoria's Secret's classic looks from the 90s and early 2000s. For endless out-of-office options, mix and match with Victoria's Secret's wide range of bikini tops and bottoms that offer you every type of coverage from full to cheeky to minimal, now in this season's must-have shades and patterns. Add the finishing touch with the limited edition Bombshell Escape fragrance, a free-spirited take on the iconic Victoria's Secret scent, dive into a vibrant blend of juicy guava, lush palms, and summer glow peony. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriassecret.com. Hey, it's Danielle, Will, and Ryder from Pod Meets World. Thanks to our friends at Hyundai, we were able to record a very special episode for you guys at the one and only, wait for it, Boy Meets World House. Take a listen. 
We are lucky to be sitting with Alan and Amy Matthews in the flesh, William, Rusty Russ, and Betsy Randall. Yay! Thank you. Thank you. When, yes. those, when those legends get here, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> you're here. You're here already. No. Uh, we didn't either when we were watching yeah, this that's day. Okay. That's we didn't the problem. realize it until we uh, oh. started getting into seasons three and four, and now we're like, oh my God. We were both so good on the show, and we missed it because we were we young. We were kids and, and so self-involved. Egomaniacs yeah. and didn't realize <laughs> well, no, how great you were. We've talked about it. I think you just assumed everybody was as good as them. And, right. and then right. you get into, right. as you grow up and you work with other actors, you realize how oh. lucky we were yeah. to have you guys. This has been brought to you by the fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5. New episode out now. You can listen wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, everyone. This is Rachel Zoe with the Climbing in Heels podcast. We recently sat down with a few recipients of the Botox Cosmetic Onobotulinum Toxin A and iFund Women Grants at South by Southwest, thanks to Botox Cosmetic. Take a listen to our conversation. It's so good. What advice would you give to upcoming like female entrepreneurs or just already sort of established trying to survive still? I literally joke with my staff and, and we always are saying, oh, you want to be an entrepreneur? You want to be broke all the time and working 24-7? Ooh. Yeah, but look so, at you. Yeah, right? But I'm here. So the advice that I give is and I coined this, and I believe I said it on my TED Talk, that your passion follows you. You cannot follow your passion. So my advice is to let your passion follow you, get out of your own way, and never stop and never settle. This episode was brought to you by Botox Cosmetic. Learn more at BotoxCosmetic.com and talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, call 877 877- Three five one zero three zero zero, and follow the Climbing in Heels podcast on iHeartRadio, or subscribe where you listen to your podcast. And when it comes to the demise of Drew and Ralph's relationship, the way that they're kind of the way that I feel like Ralph came in, sat on the other side, like all of it it really gave the impression that it was something that Drew created, which my impression, maybe because I I love Drew and the times that I've spent with her, is that was his way of deflecting. And finally, she just had enough. But like, what is your thoughts in the... Yeah, I think... So, you know, I met Drew a couple of weeks before I started filming for the show and I hung yeah. out with her once and then I hung out with her and her husband twice. And I really loved them together. I was like, oh my God, they have this laugh and they just have this, you know, this genuine love that I thought was like, oh my God, me and Ross, this is going to be like our, you know, we're going to be friends. We're going to be couple friends. And, and then I think, I think what hurt them the most was that I think that they exposed too much of the hardships of their marriage to the public. And the reality is when the Twitter world and everybody gets involved and everybody has their opinions, it's really hard for you to be able to see clearly um, and to forgive and move on. And so I just think so much damage had been done on both sides. I'll be honest with you, Teddy, there are times where I believe Ralph, there are times where I believe Drew. I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't know who is gaslighting who, you know, it's, it's just, a tricky but situation. do you think Drew is a liar? Like, I feel like she was called a liar multiple times this yeah, season. Yeah, I think, I think Drew lies, yes. Do you think Ralph lies? 
Yes, I think they're both liars. And have you met? I know Ty. We was seen filming, but like, have you spent time with Ty? No. And I should say this. I don't. I hold on. I want to say this, Teddy. I don't want to say that Ralph. I, I, Ralph has never lied to me. Like I don't have an experience. Like Drew lied on me and to me. So I have a personal experience of Drew lying. Yeah. I should say that I think Ralph is a liar. I just think that sometimes his perspective of the experience with his wife is skewed. So I don't want to call him a hardcore liar. But do you think they're jealous of each other? Like it almost feels like they're on like a one upper. Like when you get to that point in a marriage when you're always trying to like top the other one, shit I never, hits the fan. I never thought that until the other day I was talking to somebody who had been around them more than me and they said the same thing. And I was like, damn, could that be it? Like, are they jealous of each other? Are they trying to one up each other? And I think it could be because obviously I think Ralph is here for the shits. Like I think Ralph wanted, you know, wants to be a star. Obviously Drew wants to be a star. So I think that could be a thing. Like my husband ain't trying to be no star. So he, he's, he's like, he's like, I'm traveling right now. I'll take a FaceTime. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it worked. But yeah, that could be it, Teddy. Maybe, maybe it is. Maybe they are, you know, ha ha jealous of each other and constantly trying to one up each other. And that's never going to work in a marriage. No, never. Um, And then we also saw your relationship with your family kind of play out on television. And <laughs> Coming from some, you know, a family where my dad, um, you know, is super successful and same, same with you. And when I was younger, I worked for him for a little bit. Mm -hmm. I didn't last long because <laughs> I was like, I get that you're my boss at, in this moment, yeah. but like also F off. Like right. I, I can't take it from you the same way that I will like go in the trenches right. for other people. But it seems like your family did really go for it and be there for you hundred percent for a while. What do you think was that tipping point? Do you think it was the show? No. So I don't, I don't feel like, so, okay. So what people need to understand is my family and I have worked together for the majority of my career. And I still work with my mom. My mom is still my manager. Like that's still happening. I think what made the difference that people witnessed on the show is we were living together. Like we had never yeah. all lived together Throughout our whole lives, this was the you know I mean obviously when I was a kid I lived with my mom and dad but when I went off to college I had never lived with my parents again and so I think the dynamic of us living together and working together is what put a real strain on on the relationship um, and to be honest the only one that ended and hasn't you know been repaired in in our working situation is my is my brother in law my sister still does my hair my mom still manages my career they've now moved out and we are happy campers <laughs> yeah. But the conflict, I think, just really came from us all living together and being in the same space. And like my sister said on the show, it's like, I don't really have boundaries, period. That's just who I am. Like, I'm like, you know, like, why not? Why can't we do this? And so like with my husband, my sister, my brother-in-law as my assistant, that felt overwhelming because I was always working them. Like, well, he's here. Yeah. So why can't we do, you know, why can't we work? Yeah, you're you're impulsive and we, I want yeah. something done. I want it done now. And yeah. how other people are, you know, I, I get that. I can be the same way. And yeah. then when people check me, I saw you get emotional and I was like, yeah. shit, I get that way too. Cause I'm not necessary. I, I can be abrasive uh -huh. and like, let's get shit done. But then I see it affects somebody and I'm like, oh shit, uh -huh. maybe I did. Maybe yeah, I did. You, you think people are on the same level as you, and it's like the same drive and the same intensity. And people aren't like people check out 
You know, like my brand is always on. I'm working 24 seven. So yeah. I see it as like, you know, let's let's keep working. And for other people, it's like, no, this is a nine to five this is a job. And I want to be with my family now. And I, and I was able to see and respect that. And you, I have to do that with other people that don't live with me. I just feel, feel like I crossed the line with him because we were in the same house, you know? And you said that the only relationship not repaired is him. Does that mean just in a working standpoint? Or just does from that a working mean- standpoint, just from a working standpoint. We haven't worked together again, but we're, we're as tight as can be. Everything is great with our family. We're in a great space. Um, I, like I said, I still work with my sister and my mom, so that's totally fine. But it's just that that relationship, we felt like it was better for us to just be family and not work together. Yeah, that makes sense. And then what made you ultimately share, like you shared pretty early when you got pregnant, which yeah. I completely understand the excitement and all of that. And someone who came from having multiple miscarriages, mm-hmm. I immediately, when you did it, like, I, I know this sounds bad, but I was like, like I had this moment of fear because I was like, there were so many times that I went through IVF and I would tell my family Mm -hmm. and that wasn't even on national television, but Mm -hmm. almost, I'm curious, did it almost help you grieve better because you weren't keeping that secret? I think so many of us that have miscarriages keep Mm -hmm. it a secret and -hmm. then you feel really alone. Whereas if you're on national television sharing it, you hear how many other women have struggled with this. Yeah. So it's a lot. It's a lot for us to um, unpack. So the reason I shared it early was because, like you said, I was super excited. I had never had a miscarriage, Teddy. I had never like every, you know, like if I I just assumed I was going to get pregnant and have the baby. Like it didn't even cross my mind that I could potentially not. Right. So that was kind of naivete of my own life experiences. And so I was super excited my son had wanted me to be pregnant so bad. So it was just like, you know, just this overwhelming of excitement in the of moment. people to know in the moment. Um, and so, and then also too, to be very frank and honest too, it was kind of like the payoff, right? Like I last season wasn't going to do it and the season was wrapping up and I wanted people to know, like we got to this point, yeah. and it's happening, you know? So it was also that too, that played a part. And if I wasn't filming, maybe I would have held it a little bit longer, but because we were filming and it was coming to an end, I thought, man, what a perfect way to share this with the world. Like my husband and I are having another child. So there's that. Um, and then, you know, when I go through the experience of losing it, it was just, you know, it, it just, it just, it just rips your heart out because I think for most of us, when you get pregnant and you decide that you're going to keep it and you're going to become a mom, you feel like a mom immediately. Like you start yeah. to vision having that new person in your life. And I started thinking of the nursery and all these things and you kind of change immediately. And so when you lose it, it's devastating. And I think it was actually harder and it was hard on me, Teddy, because so it was, this was crazy. Not only do I have to live it in the moment where I went through this very traumatic experience of having to get a blood transfusion, all of that. I wasn't with my husband. So I come home, I have to live it again. Then it comes on the show, I have to live it again. And then I have, I'm pregnant again when the show is airing. So it's like this weird space of people being like, congratulations. It was, and they're congratulations. And I'm sorry. Yeah. Like when I lost. Yeah. So it was just, it was an overwhelmingly difficult experience for me. And um, I did get a lot of love and support though from a lot of women. Like there are, I mean, Every other woman has had this experience. It's just been insane. And it makes you feel like you're not alone. So it did help a little bit, but it was also, you know, moments where it was really hard because of the show, you know? And and I think, you know, for those of you guys listening who are going through these pregnancy trials, and correct me if I'm wrong, but 
I remember feeling during my miscarriages for somebody who's very type A and loves to win and loves to succeed and like wants to, I'm always hustling. And I remember with each miscarriage, I considered myself a failure. Like I failed at this. Yeah. Like I couldn't do this. I couldn't accomplish this. And that guilt and pain when even though it was completely out of my control. Exactly. It really weighed on me. So it's like those, everybody grieves differently. But like, for me, that was such a huge part, like even to my husband Mm -hmm. or to my kids or to my family, no matter how far along I was each time. But like it, you really have a moment where you're like, am I not good enough for this? Yeah. 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 No, for sure. Like, am I not worthy? Am I all of those things. Yeah. And especially like you said, a type A person who you set this goal and you're going to do it and you're going to achieve it. And then it doesn't happen. It's, it's crushing. Um, but I think for me, I'm grateful. Like a month later after the miscarriage, we got pregnant again. So I didn't have a long time to, you know, be I know. Back. Did you guys just start trying again or just yeah, natural? So, yeah. So, you know, I, I haven't any IVF, anything it's, I've, you know, I conceived naturally both times. And I remember after the miscarriage and coming home and going to Dr. Jackie and she said, look, you know, there's been research that proves you guys can start whenever you don't have to wait. There used to be like, oh, yeah, wait, that's what I was curious wait, about. Wait, you know, and she was like, no, if you um, if you you know, if you're ready to go again, just go again. And so we <laughs> yeah. went again. And I mean, immediately I was like, oh, my gosh, this is insane. And so, yeah. you're due Christmas, which I have to say, your kid is going to be pissed. Because it means all this. My sister is born near Christmas and she's like, it yeah. sucks. It sucks. She's like, yeah. all the gifts. You get one thing. Yeah. yeah. And it's, but that being said, what a blessing that yeah. every, I mean, do you have a name picked? No, no name yet. Cause I only had girl names in my head. I was hoping it was going to be a girl. You have nothing. You don't have like a top three. Nothing yet. No, seriously, we don't. We're going to start thinking about it soon. <laughs> All right, you guys. I know right I here... to start with the A. I know I want it to be an A because my Aaron, Aaron, Aaron. So I need a, I need an A name, a good A name for a boy. So guys, when you're listening, we're going to post this. Write a list of A name yes, suggestions. Please. Do you like a more unique name or you want, want like a... No, because my son's Aaron. So I want something else unique. I don't want it to be like traditional like my husband. Andrew, did. like okay, no, Anthony. Want... You no. want something... Unique. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yes. Well, I'll be thinking about it. Thank um, you. My last question for you is because I know we both have to go, but what advice would you give to somebody who is, has gone through a similar experience? Yeah, um, I would tell a woman who is experiencing something similar, um, like a miscarriage or difficulty um, conceiving to um, give themselves grace Um you know, find uh, a circle of women that they could talk to um, that lift them up um, and to just understand that it's not their fault and it's a process and at the right time they will conceive. But, you know, just give yourself grace. Don't be too hard on yourself. Um, you know, don't center it, make it about you. You know, just do just continue living your life, enjoying life and and trust the process, you know, because this too shall pass. <laughs> yeah. And God willing, you know, God willing, you'll be able to conceive one day and start a family. So no, that's yeah. really good advice. And um since since the reunion, 
which women do you feel like you are closest with at this point? Just to give us a little teaser, hoping yeah. that, you know, everybody's back as is. Yeah. Um, well, I'm still super close with Marlo. Um, you know, after going through my experience, she's the one who stepped up for me, Teddy. She sent me Uber Eats. She sent flowers. She came. She's just been, you know, the one that's just really been there for me. So I would say, Marlo, I'm the closest to. Um, I still, I, you know, the funny thing is I can pick up the phone and call any of the girls. Candy and I are cool. I talked to Kenya the other day. I check, I check on Drew regularly because um, she's always on my heart. Um, I just feel so bad for her situation. And Sheree and I are great. So I, I'm really good with everybody. I'm probably, I'm closest to Marlo, undeniably. But I feel like, you know, I can reach out to any of them and they pick up my calls and we can talk and there's no, you know, big tension there. So, you know, I still feel really good with all the girls. I'm just closest to Marlo. Are Ralph and Drew still living together in the same house? They're in the same house still. And he's in the bunk room or whatever? Yeah, I guess it's in the basement. Like they have a beautiful home. And Yo, so- yeah. Yeah, I think I think he's in the basement, I guess. I didn't ask her, like, I know he's not in the bedroom. Um, but the last time I talked to her, which was probably a couple of days ago, I was like, girl, really? And she's like, yeah, I'm like, I said, that I would know. be hard. That, ah. Oh, I'm my gosh. He hasn't left. Like, I know me and Ross were going through. He'd have been like. <laughs> yeah, no, like if 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 we were at that point, there's I, and I don't care if I had to move my ass into a one bedroom apartment yes. with all my kids. I'm like, get away from me exactly me too i would not be looking at you every day sir it would not happen no i wouldn't want to see it i don't want to know exactly. when you're coming home exactly. i don't know when you're coming back i don't right. want to see your face me either me either i would i would i'm just like you i'd be with my mom and my daddy or in a one bedroom if i had to but i'm not gonna be sitting in this house with you no 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 so no. i mean everyone's different but like shit. to me i think that's harder on the kids to see yeah. that separation exactly. than just saying it's not working between us right. anymore we both love you we're both there for you but exactly. um oh one last fan question sure we did hear that the fans have been thirsting over your husband <laughs> me too honey <laughs> do, do you check his insta or is, uh, does does he get any shady DMs? No, no. You know, it's so funny because my husband is like the most chill guy. Like there'll be videos that people will create and I'll show him and he's like, he, he's so embarrassed. He's like, oh my guys, it's so embarrassing. Like he thinks it's crazy, you know? He's so modest, but no, nothing crazy has come in the DMs. No text messages. People have been respectful. Um, although certainly let me know that they think he's hot stuff all the time. <laughs> well, let's just keep let's keep him humble. So just yes. you check him from time to time. Oh, I do. Don't you worry. <laughs> and if you guys were to do a race right now, do you think you could beat him? Well, you know, I'm six months pregnant, so he would definitely. Kick oh me. shit! Yeah, I forgot. <laughs> Yeah. Fine. But when I'm not pregnant, it's close. <laughs> I'll check you in a year and see who, what exactly. you say. All thanks. right. Well, thank you so much for joining thanks us for and sharing me. your experience. And um, we look forward to hopefully seeing you next year. Yes, me too. And are you on vacation, honey? Because I'm like, where are you? Oh, I'm in Cabo right now on my all in. My coaches had like a, a thing that they ended up winning. So the, oh. the top six coaches in my company, I took them to Cabo. So we're here. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yes. Jealous, honey. Jealous. It's I know. I, I'm in a little bit of heaven. I have my Aperol spritz, my ah. iced tea. I'm like, oh, mm -hmm. my goodness. I love it. Well, enjoy. Enjoy. Thank you so much. Of course. Thanks for having me. Bye.
You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring, well, The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on WASP, the worldwide association of specialty programs and schools. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us. It was trying to brand us. So we were going to become the McDonald's in treatment. Join my host as they unravel the story of the largest and most shocking organization in the history of the troubled teen industry. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.